Welcome to day 194 of Shaped by the Word, season three, the story of the prophets. I'm Matt with Katie and David, and we've been walking through the book of Consolation where we finally have gotten some, um, just some deep encouragement from Jeremiah that, that God is at work, um, the restoration is, is coming, and, and yet even in the midst of, of that restoration, we found ourselves yesterday receiving actually you know, some, it, it's comforting in some way, but in some ways, it's not that there are they're going into exile. Destruction mm-hmm. is coming, siege is coming before restoration, and yet um, God calls Jeremiah and says, "Hey, I want you to go buy this field." And Jeremiah's kind of confused by the proposition, but does it because he trusts in God. He knows it's the word of God, and so he finds himself faithful. And yesterday we stopped right in the middle of Jeremiah's prayer, and so what we're going to do um, today is back up, read the beginning of that prayer, and. And so we'll hear um, Jeremiah's prayer, and then we'll hear the Lord's response to Jeremiah, and uh, I think we'll find it encouraging. But before we do, we want to do as we always do, and and pause and um, and offer this moment to the Lord, and, and ask Him to to shape us and to direct our thoughts. And so, Katie, would you lead us in a time sure. of prayer? Father, would you focus our hearts and minds on you? Uh, I know that so many times as we listen to podcasts, we're doing something else. Um, and so would you, God, would you still our hearts? Um, would you help us to be still and know that you are God? And would we focus on um, these words? And would you do a work in us, Lord? We ask that you would, um, that you would work in us, Holy Spirit. You know our hearts better than we do. And so we come to you and ask you to do that work that only you can do. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Jeremiah 32, verse 17. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You show love to thousands, but bring the punishment for the parents' sins into the laps of their children after them. Great and mighty God, whose name is the Lord Almighty, great are your purposes and mighty are your deeds. Your eyes are open to the ways of all mankind. You reward each person according to their conduct and as their deeds deserve. You perform signs and wonders in Egypt and have continued them to this day in Israel and among all mankind and have gained the renown that is still yours. You brought your people, Israel, out of Egypt with signs and wonders by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with great terror. You gave them this land you had sworn to give to their ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey. They came in and took possession of it, but they did not obey you or follow your law. They did not do what you commanded them to do. So you brought all the disaster on them. See how the siege ramps are built up to take the city? Because of the sword, famine, and plague, the city will be given into the hands of the Babylonians who are attacking it. What you said has happened, as you now see. And though the city will be given into the hands of the Babylonians, you, sovereign Lord, say to me, buy the field with silver and have the transaction witnessed. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I am about to give this city into the hands of the Babylonians and to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, who will capture it. The Babylonians who are attacking the city will come in and set it on fire. They will burn it down along with the houses where the people aroused my anger by burning incense on the roofs to Baal and by pouring out drink offerings to other gods. The people of Israel and Judah have done nothing but evil in my sight from their youth. Indeed, the people of Israel have done nothing but arouse my anger with what their hands have made, declares the Lord. 
From the day it was built until now, this city has so aroused my anger and wrath that I must remove it from my sight. The people of Israel and Judah have provoked me by all the evil they have done. They, their kings and officials, their priests and prophets, the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, they turned their backs to me and not their faces. Though I taught them again and again, they would not listen or respond to discipline. They set up the vile images in the house in the house that bears my name and defiled it. They built high places to Baal in the valley of Ben-Hinnom to sacrifice their sons and daughters to Moloch. Though I never commanded, nor did it enter my mind, that they should do such a detestable thing, and so make Judah sin. You are saying about this city? By the sword, famine, and plague, it will be given into the hands of the king of Babylon? But this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I will surely gather them from all the lands where I banish them in my furious anger and great wrath. I will bring them back to this place and let them live in safety. They will be my people and I will be their God. I will give them singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me and that all them and that all will go all then will go well for them and for their children after them. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them and I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me. I will rejoice in doing them good and will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and soul. This is what the Lord says. As I have brought all this calamity on the on this people, so I will give them all the prosperity I have promised them. Once more f- fields will be brought, uh, bought in this land, of which you say, it is a desolate waste, without people or animals, for it has been given into the hands of the Babylonians. Fields will be bought for silver, and deeds will be signed, sealed, and witnessed in the territory of Benjamin, in the villages around Jerusalem, in the towns of Judah, and in the towns of the hill country, of the western foothills of the Negev, because I will restore the fortunes, declares the Lord. So we start with the prayer of Jeremiah, and you have to love the beginning of Jeremiah's prayer and then the beginning of God's response to Jeremiah. Jeremiah says, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth with your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing's too, you know, too hard for you. And the, and the Lord answers Jeremiah saying, I'm the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? You know, and Jeremiah's wrestling with that, trying to understand I've bought this land and you're you're casting us out from the land. What's what's happening? And the Lord says, you know, as as sure as you've bought this land, as sure as I've cast them out of this land, so so surely will I also bring them back to this land. And so we're seeing the the restoration that God is promising. We're mm-hmm. seeing the great promises that He's delivering, and and it rests on who He is. That He's a God who doesn't just make promises He can't He can't keep. He doesn't make just big promises that are impossible to attain. But the promises God makes, He's able to fulfill because of who He is. So. Um, a great passage, great passage of encouragement. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, as you read it, what are, what are some of the things that stand out to you? And yeah. just what you're just saying that he will faithfully bring them back. I was just thinking about how he not only promises to bring them back um, and and to flourish there, but he promises to bring them back and also um, verse thirty nine. I'll give them singleness of heart and action, so that they will always fear me. So he's bringing a kind of a new people back a people that will be changed by his hand. Um, and so if he were to bring the same same people back without changing their hearts, then it would be just doom all over again. It would just be a cycle. But he has a new 
a, a plan um, for their hearts and not just for where they're going to live. And we see that in Ezekiel 36, you know, I will remove from you a heart of stone and, and I'll give you a heart of flesh. And, um, and he has done so. He has um, made us a new creation in Christ and, um, and only by the power of God's spirit would we, his people, be able to do um, anything good. So um, I, th- I thought that was a neat part of what he says to to Jeremiah. Yeah, you know, as we're reading it, I'm, I feel like for most people, you know, as I kind of interact with the prophets, it's always like, man, like how does this speak to me? Like, you know, not that the Bible's about us, but it, it, we always, a lot of us kind of skip the prophets, skip certain parts of the Bible that were just, I don't know what's going on here. There's names and the timelines get a little sketchy and I don't know what's going on. And, but there are like these really awesome little nuggets that, which should encourage us to be in the prophets. I mean, cause as we look at Israel's story and we've talked about a lot at Christ church, but you know, their story is in many ways, our story, which is the biblical story, which is humanity's story. And I feel even in verses 37 and 38, you basically get like all of the Bible. Mm-hmm. He basically says, like, hey, I'm going to gather you from the lands you've been banished. Um, I will bring you back to this place where you'll live in safety. You'll be my people. I'll be their God. That's like all of the Bible. Mm-hmm. We've been banished because of our sin. We long for a place that's going to be restful and peaceful and fulfill us and give us what we want. And you know, as we talk about a lot, we try to find that in the suburbs. And we look for that and we build these places and we get rid of the things that you know, look broken and, and and send them to other counties so we don't have to mess with it. And we try to create this, but we can't find it. And that's what Jeremiah is telling them. Like, you're not going to find that. I'm the one that's going to do it. I'm going to bring you back. And then you'll actually live in a place you were meant to live in with safety. I'll be with you. You'll be with me. Well, how's that happen? He tells us, I'm going to make this everlasting covenant with you. Mm-hmm. And so again, I, you know, there's, for at the times when we read through the prophets and we're like, good night, what's going on? Um, it's so worth it to be in all of the Bible because all of it is what we need. And it mm-hmm. it does a thing in us and reminds us of what our hearts are truly looking for, which is safety and peace and a good place. Mm-hmm. The Lord offers that and offers the true thing, not some sort of counterfeit, which we often settle for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in verse 38 sounds familiar they will be my people and I will be their God. It's because God has been saying that since he created <laughs> mankind and he has given us this identity as his people. And then he continues to, as he brings reminders of the covenant, as he makes new covenants, he continues to remind people that they will be his people and he will be their God. And so if you're ever curious, like where, where that is in scripture, I think that'd be a really fun thing to study. Where, where is that throughout the Bible? And you'll see it over and over again. And there's a reason he's repeating that. Yeah. Yeah. And he repeats things so many times, right? Cause we're a forgetful people, but yeah. let me even go into what y'all are saying. Like we need all of scripture for all of life. And one of the mm-hmm. things that scripture is going to do as we read it is not only is it going to reveal, you know, our own sin and idolatry and need for God, but it's going to, to maybe challenge our presuppositions of what we tend to think God is like. And so I, even in this past, I love, you know, we can tend to think of like, okay, well, God has saved us and yeah, he's our father, but He's kind of a disappointed father in us. You know, he's like still kind of waiting for us to get our act together. And, and even for me as a father, like, you know, yeah, to be a good father, you know, is to take care of my kids and those sort of things. But 
but there's more to it than that. And, and I love the, the description we get um, in verse 41, verse 40 and 41. But he says, I will never stop doing good to them and I will inspire them to fear me so they will never turn away from me. I will rejoice in doing them good. Mm-hmm. You know, that the Lord doesn't just do good because he he's required to, but he actually rejoices in doing good to his people. And so that's just a, a different picture than we tend to think of when we think of God and you know, him being our father, we tend to think of him at times maybe disappointed or, yeah, he loves me, but he rejoices in doing good to us. I mean, this is a this is a great picture. Mm-hmm. We have a couple Psalms for the weekend. Um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to gathering as a, as a church and um, proclaiming, you know, the goodness of this God together, encouraging our hearts through worship. And, mm-hmm. and so we encourage you to read the Psalms, um, join us for worship, and, and let's stir our affections for for Jesus, you know, together. Mm-hmm. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you for the wonderful reality of the new covenant um, in Christ Jesus. Thank you for that everlasting covenant you've made, um, that you will never stop doing good, that you will um, you will continue to, to be our God and we will be your people. And so, Father, anchor us in that truth today. Remind us of who we are. Remind us of um, who you are and And Father, would we continue to live as your people in this place um, for your glory, for our joy, for the good of this place. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.